The star of the Doc Martin television series has also produced a number of documentary travel specials in Britain, and they occasionally air here on public television in the United States. Martin Clunes is our guest today on Travel with Rick Steves as he tells us about his adventures into the far-flung, rugged, and intriguing specks on the map that surround Britain. He filmed these for a breezy three-part travelogue series called Islands of Britain. Martin, thanks for joining us from the comfort of a warm studio. Thanks for having me. So what is it about the small islands that made you want to go to all the trouble to actually show them in a documentary? I don't know. There's something just, to me, innately fascinating about an island. If you looked at two lakes and one had an island in it and the other didn't, you'd be interested in the one with the island, I think. Sure would. Um, and there's, there's something about island living as well that's extraordinary. And that I didn't know until I went, till I made You know, Doc series. Martin is set in Port Isaac, and that's a small, remote village in a remote part it of Britain. It kind of is. But you're taking yeah. it one step further. It's almost like you thought, hey, Port Isaac's cool, and then you can go <laughs> to the extreme. Let's go out to the islands of, what are they, silly, out there past they make Port Wind look like uh, the, the center of civilization. Oh, yeah, they really <laughs> do, yeah. Tell us about the islands. Give us an overview. They were all different, obviously. They, they had their own characteristics, but there were things that came up again and again. There was, there was a sort of massively strong sense of community, all enveloping in tragedy and joy. You know, if there was anything to be celebrated, they'd all muster. Tragedy and joy, small, sparsely populated places. I mean, these are tiny, tiny populations where mm. they all probably wear many different hats as they keep their communities going. Oh, yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, and they've all got unique stories to tell, you know, but it is interesting, the, the commonalities. Well, let's let's go on a just a quick blitz around the British Islands. First of all, way off, we think of Land's End, you know, that's the southwest tip of England. A lot of tourists mm. go there, but Land's End is just a springboard to get out to some islands farther to the southwest. What are those? Those are the Isles of Scilly. I think there's about Scilly. four or five. And yeah, they're mythical, magical places if you get the weather right. And in August, I think it is, they have the, um, the World Gig Rowing Championships. And gigs are, I think they're quite a Cornish thing, but maybe they have them all around the English coastal towns. They're six rowers, I think, in a heavy wooden boat. And we, we stumbled across, the first time I went to the Isles of City, they had this world championship. And everywhere you looked, there was a team of these boats in the water. It was extraordinary. And the islands are small. And What are the boats called? Gig? Gigs? Gigs. G-I-G. I hadn't gig heard of racing. that. So they got yeah. gig racing on the island of Scilly. Port Isaac has a gig racing team. I'm the president or vice president or okay. something. Okay. Well, that's something to look for. How do you get out there? I mean, I remember you took a helicopter to one of these islands. Yeah, a lot of helicopters out there. Yes, you can get out there. There's a ferry. Uh, it takes quite a while to, to sail. I think mm -hmm. it goes from Newquay. Mm -hmm. um, and I think they've just stopped the helicopter running out there that you used to be able to hop over from Newquay. But I've been cut off there on a photo shoot once by the fog when yeah. the helicopters can't get out. And we had to get, I think we had to collect our daughter from school. So we just had to charter a boat to drive us through oh, the fog. My goodness. So that's the Isles of Scilly on the southwest tip. What about uh, halfway between England and France, near Normandy, uh, Isle of Sark? The Channel Islands. Yeah. Oh, they're lovely. They're worth a visit. Yeah, Guernsey, Jersey. And my favorite was Sark, which has no cars. No cars? No cars, no streetlights. Lots of bicycles. Now, tiny population, what, about 600 people live on Sark, and they have their own parliament that goes some quirky kind of government? 
yes, they have. Well, they just um, they that just changed, but it was the seigneur had the droit de seigneur, where he was technically allowed the virginity of any new bride. <laughs> they just the changed that, huh? But uh, yeah, he he gave that up. <laughs> what a rare politician. <laughs> but that's a, that. The point is, there they've got a, sort of a cut-off heritage that can evolve on, on its own track. Yeah, and all, all these islands had kind of curious tales of occupation during the Second World War. Oh yeah, they'd um, be strategic in the Second World War. Yes. Well, Queen Victoria was mad, built incredible defenses all over. She was convinced we were going to be attacked from there, and then she was uh, sort of proved right later on. But yeah. Okay, so you got Sark, kind of halfway between Normandy and England, and then way beyond Scotland, halfway between really between Scotland and Norway, you've got these islands that have a mix of Norse and Scottish culture. Yes. Talk about that. Yeah. Oh, they're just um, they are really woolly, you know, really. It's harsh living out there, and you meet the people, and they're tough. You wouldn't want to fight them. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, yeah, there's a lot of Viking stock up so there. So they embrace their, their Viking heritage? Yeah, very much. Yeah, and they keep it alive. I mean, I think a lot of it's guesswork, but there's a lot of, um, you know, old stones and stuff. You can see how the Vikings lived, and we know how the Vikings lived. Yeah. But they've got North Sea oil now, so they're, they're pretty blessed economically. <laughs> you've got rich Vikings. They've got some of the nicest tarmac you'll ever see. The roads are fantastic out there because of the oil industry. <laughs> the Shetland Islands, huh? Oh, the Shetlands are amazing. And yeah. the Hebrides, and yeah. The Hebrides is on the opposite side, uh, the west side of Scotland. And you, you visited an island famous for its whiskey. Oh, Isla, yeah. Isla, yeah, right. It's pronounced Isla, but it's spelled Isla, but it's, yes. Isla. Oh, yeah, that was great. Tell us about that, because those guys were so proud of their whiskey. They are so proud of their whiskey, as is the world, you know. I mean, it's, yeah. um, God knows how many millions of pounds go through that little island, but hmm. there's something in the water, they say, although <laughs> all their whiskeys taste so different. They're all very unique. So they got their North Sea oil in the Shetland Islands, but in the Hebrides, it's the whiskey, the Scottish whiskey, and the traditional culture is pretty strong there. I didn't realize that there are actually communities where a lot of people speak the Scottish Gaelic. Oh, yeah, yeah. And well, and then there's, I think there's another language of the islands as well that may be lost now, but, uh, you know, because the Shetlands, they're, they're nearer Norway than Glasgow. Right. So they would have that, that mix of cultures. And then one island that's really quirky and really proud with its own sort of heritage, of course, is the Isle of Man between Ireland and England. Talk about the Isle of Man. Yes, that's a curious place. The Isle of Man, um, it took a big hit when cheap travel to France and Spain, ah. you know, the charter flights came. Yeah. Because every, a lot of people who like to go overseas would get the ferry over to the Isle of Man, which has lots of lovely beaches and had lots of sort of old sort of yeah. uh, piers along there. And, and then it took a real pounding. Suddenly nobody went. Um, and they reinvented themselves as a sort of banking, I don't understand how these things mm -hmm. work, but a sort of banking center and m huge sums of money being filtered through there, not always with the best of intentions. Well, either. I guess you got to roll with the times. I, I get the sense in Blackpool also and in Brighton, those were very popular when there weren't cheap flights down to the Costa del Sol in yeah. Spain. But now the working class people can take their vacation and find some sunshine. I was always impressed how English people could go to Blackpool and sit on the beach in a drizzle and, and act like it's sunny. <laughs> That's fun for us. <laughs> it's, it's a soft weather, you say, don't you? <laughs> Martin, when we think about all these islands that surround Britain, what do they have in common? What did you sort of take away from the documentary you made? By the way, you can watch the documentary if you just go to YouTube and, and search it. But uh, 
What do you take away from the, the people here and the communities? And maybe what can we learn from them? Their island, because I grew up in a sort of bland suburb, not bland, really nice leafy suburb of uh, London called Wimbledon, where the tennis happens. But it doesn't really, you know, oh, those guys from Wimbledon, they're so, you know, there's nothing to us really. But the identity of, of the communities on those islands, that's, that's what they all have. They all stand tall and they stand together through thick or thin. Because they could all, they have the wherewithal to leave. They could go to London and try to yep. find a job there. But Yeah, it's not always easy for them at all. Yeah, they put up with inefficiencies and hardship in order to eke out an existence on these rocks out in the sea and uh, yeah. their communities. What do you think the reward is for them? I think that's a reward in itself. I think belonging to that uh, mm-hmm. that, that community because they know that it's a strength they have over other communities. You know, they know that they're, it's it's sort of mighty with them, I think. And there's probably sort of a, a loneliness and lack of community in a big city, fast material world that they might embrace and appreciate in their small town mm. island worlds. Yeah, I bet. All right. Chris is on the line in uh, Valencia, California. Chris, thanks for your call. Hello. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Martin. Yeah. Hi, um, I'm a bit of an Anglophile, and I enjoyed your Islands of Britain series, Martin. Um, oh. And often um, when planning vacations, we tend to look to destinations abroad, and something he mentioned in, this, in the series was, you know, we have these hidden gems closer to home, and often we tend to plan to, you know, take our vacation somewhere else. I'm just curious, of the places that he's yet to travel to, is there one beyond Britain and one within Britain that someday he'd like to visit? Oh, that's interesting. Um yeah, there's, I'd like to do a lot more of Scotland. I'd like to see a lot more of Scotland. I don't really know the eastern side of Scotland. I know the west, and I know the western islands, and I know a lot of the islands now. But, you know, I've got a couple of Scottish horses, and I find myself spending more and more time in Scotland, and uh, we love it for holidays and trips, and it's an amazing place to drive through. You know, it's really empty and wild. Um, that, that would do me. And, wow, the rest of the world, I'm fascinated to go to Japan. And I'm hatching a plan to get myself there. I used to say my number one destination that I hadn't been to was Madagascar. And then a couple of years ago, I went and I made a program about the uh, lemurs there. And I got to go there. And Hmm. it's still one of my favorite places I've ever been. And I'd recommend anybody to go there while it's still there. I'm waiting for Doc Martin does Japan. I think that sounds fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) Chris, thanks for your call. Great. Thank you, Rick, and thank you, Martin. I appreciate it. Nice to speak to you, Chris. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, Martin, thank you so much from all of your fans in the United States for the work you've done with Doc Martin, and uh, thank you also for taking us on a little tour of the many (laughs) islands that are a part of the British islands. Well, thank you. Thanks very much. It's been nice talking to you. Each year, Rick Steves tour guides take free-spirited travellers on escorted tours through England, Scotland, Ireland and beyond, one small group at a time. This year we're featuring tours of the best of Ireland, the best of Scotland, the best of England and London. For a free catalogue and Rick's Tour Experience DVD, visit the tour pages at ricksteves.com.